Hey y'all, welcome to Tom Talks. On this week's episode, we're going to be talking about... These tacos ain't kosher. How to spot a fake house before you buy it. Fort Worth ISD, your days are numbered. Why home buying may become more expensive. And the nicest and most recorded bathrooms. Hey y'all, welcome to the show. My name is Tom Jung. I'm your host. And I'm Jack Lisenby, co-host. And we're your local Dallas Fort Worth real estate agents. If you are looking to buy or sell, we'd love to work with you. You can find us at tomstexasrealty.com on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Tom's Texas Realty and TikTok at Tom.things. So, cool. Did you have a good week? Yeah, it was good. I went to the Free Play Arcade by Kane Rosos. Yeah. Uh, I walked in at first and I was kind of thrown off because it was just a small little room with a, a tiny bar and four arcade cabinets. And I was like, yeah, we're not doing this. <laughs> uh, but I completely missed the game room sign in the back. I think it was a little too bright. I just glanced past it. But they've got they've got a bunch, actually. It's like five or six rows, maybe 60 feet long of just arcade cabinets front to back. Nice. Um, yeah, no, it was, it was it was really cool. Very good. Very good. I uh, don't think I did anything noteworthy, so let's uh, let's jump into it. <laughs> okay, well, I have, I definitely have something noteworthy for us. Okay. Uh, well, I mean, the the I you remember back in like uh, what was it, 2016, whenever Trump was about to be elected and everything, and mm-hmm. there was like this huge white supremacy scare and everything. You know, the tiki torch whites, as uh, oh yeah, 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 as Dave Chappelle so eloquently put it, it yes. was. <laughs> humorous uh to see it on tv a little scary to see it in places that you recognize Mm. um and it hit really close to home this weekend because right in the medical district there there was a gathering of some less than savory individuals Mm. um at torchy's tacos specifically such a good place to eat right i know why are you gonna sully something (laughs) so nice why couldn't anyway (laughs) anyway so uh a tiktoker had actually walked in and started recording once they noticed it but they walked in and the first thing they saw was a bunch of white people in uh in some very conspicuous uniforms with Mm. some very conspicuous iconography Mm. um and they start obviously they start recording because they've got a tiktok account and that's what you do to nowadays record everything but these guys they're walking around in like in like these these tan uniforms, they've got armbands, they've got badges, they've got shirts that say "God mit uns," which means like "God with us" and stuff like that. Hmm. Very very like on the nose. It's not even like some whistleblower stuff. And so they're sitting there recording, and everyone's just calmly eating. These guys are getting served food like it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> yeah. it, so she's a, a first thing she thinks, obviously, and first thing I would have thought is, "Oh, it's probably costumes for a play or something, some sure. recreation, sound of music, who knows." Yeah. Uh not the case because while she's recording, apparently one of them walks up to her and says white power. And she is very Jewish, <laughs> so oh. that doesn't land right on her. Yeah. And there's a there's an altercation happens between them. It's just physical or whatever. But the group ends up going outside, and whenever they come back inside, a couple of them try and get their food and stuff like that. They're denied entry and all this other stuff. They're told to go away. Hmm. And you know everyone's like that. Probably should have been the first course of action. Yeah. Uh, so they start asking questions and stuff like that. Turns out that whenever the group had walked in. One of the the managers there had called the regional manager and is like, "Hey, what do we what do we do?" Yeah. And the regional manager is just like, "Hey, just give them the food, get them out of there as quickly as possible. We don't want them around here." Yeah. Uh, which probably wasn't the best way of going about it, but it was the least confrontational. Sure. Unfortunately, it ended up it landed him in some hot water because obviously this video got a lot of views it got it circulated around and we i I don't think torchies wants to be associated with all of that but it's unfortunate because at this point 
it looks like they kind of are. Yeah, that's interesting. Like you, they, uh, so they can deny them service if they want to, right? Yeah, Any it's a, establishment it's a, as long as it's not like discriminatory or something like that. But if you you have a, aren't you discriminating against like white I, supremacists? I mean, yes, I guess so, but I mean, discriminatory against a protected class of individuals, oh, okay, and okay, I don't okay. think a violent yeah, I- yeah, yeah, ideology necessarily falls okay. under that. Okay. But I, I thought it was really interesting because this is a great case of the um, the bystander effect of like, oh yeah, if I was in that situation, I would blank, blank, blank. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> <laughs> All of those people sat there elbow to elbow with Nazi sympathizers and just ate tacos. Hmm. So I thought it was... Interesting and disturbing all at the same time. Um, I would have personally probably just been like, hey, what play are you guys going to? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're not with a play. Uh, all right, honey, we're leaving. <laughs> yeah. You're, my first reaction when you mentioned this to me was like, that still exists? Like, yeah. it's a <clears throat> it's, it's crazy. It's, it's surprising because, like, the, I think the last I heard of, of, you know, anything like this was that one dude who shot up a church or whatever in North mm-hmm. Carolina. And that was four going on five years ago now Hmm. it's always like some basement dweller kid that just you know doesn't know what they're doing with their life that's like oh yeah let me join a gang or something yeah and they just pick the possibly the worst one to join yeah it's an interesting thing it's like if you're sitting there it's like hey do i do i say something and potentially (laughs) get beat up or that's also true yeah i'm like i feel like i can run faster than like 90 percent of you so (laughs) say it on the way out the door hmm Interesting. Well, um, I, yeah, I didn't leave you with much. No, to work I with. got <laughs> nothing going on this next I'm one. I'm sorry. Uh, let's talk about how to uh, spot a fake home buying scam. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so let's just imagine for a second, uh, if you're listening to this podcast, that you are looking to buy a house. Maybe you've been saving up for the last couple of years, you know, and you're like, you know what, I've got maybe $40,000 saved up and I'm, you know, we're six months out from our lease being up. So like most people, you're probably sitting at home on the couch at night in the evening, just kind of scrolling through houses or whatever. And uh, maybe you're on Facebook and you see a house come up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is a phenomenal deal. Mm -hmm. And so anyways, you reach out, whatever. And it turns out it's a real house. And let's say that, uh, you know, the person who owns the house just moved uh, out of state. And so they're like, hey, my neighbor's going to show it to you if you want to come see it. They're like, cool. So you go by the next day, you see the house, everything looks good on the house. And you're like, I think this house is worth 400000 But he's willing to take three for it because it sounds like he's in a hurry. And um, there's no real estate agent involved or anything like that. So he doesn't have too many expenses. Like, this makes sense. So mm-hmm. they put together a contract, send it over to you. You sign it, then you deposit your earnest money, let's say $6,000, and you get an email from the title company, and Jessica's like, hey, congratulations, blah, 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 here's your closing date and everything else. So, <laughs> And, uh, oh, and maybe, maybe this guy is just like an angel, right? And so he's like, look, I'll owner finance it to you. I've got the house paid off, mm-hmm. um, you know, and we'll do it at 6.5% interest which is better than the rate you can get today. So why not? You know? And so anyways, you get to closing, you wire over your $40,000, you know, you've already put in your lease, uh, the, I guess, notice to end your lease, right? Right. You know, you're getting everything packed up. It's moving day. You get over there and somebody's living in the house. It's a little concerning. Yeah. (laughs) And you're like, what the heck? And so just imagine 
knocking on that door and saying, Hey, I just bought this house. What are you doing in it? And they're like, what are you talking about? We've lived here for the past seven years. Like Mm -hmm. we didn't sell this house. I mean, Mm. just imagine the emotions that would go through. There would be some angry phone calls. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Angry, probably extremely sad. I don't even know. Uh, now I just made up the story, but Mm. it's probably happened to multiple people. And so the reason I told you this story was because in there, there are like four different scams that you could identify that happened Mm -hmm. in this story. So the first one is, uh, and this was, this is why I think we've talked about it before this happened, uh, happens a lot with renting. Mm-hmm. where somebody pretends to own another house yeah, and they even do showings at the house and things like that. Maybe it's something that is actually for rent and they just figure out the lockbox code. And so that's how, you know, they're like, Hey, yeah, just go take a look at the house. Right. Right. Um, so that being said, that is one thing to look out for. Like, does this person actually own the house or not? Um, <clears throat> so one of the things, obviously one of the things to do there is to, you know, look up on the tax rolls and see if the names match and the phone numbers match and all that, like just some basic due diligence. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, if it seems too good to be true, probably is. Fair enough, especially Uh, in a market like this. Yeah, and so as far as like being a buyer and running into these, like you're more likely gonna run into them on a seller finance deal or a for sell by owner deal where there's not an agent involved. Right, less strings they have to worry about. Yeah, exactly, and then the uh, the other thing is the earnest money. So, in some of these scams, they'll get the earnest money from you, and they'll have it wire. They'll say, "Hey, wire it to this account or whatever." It's their account, and then instead you never of like an escrow or something. Yeah, yeah, and that's the same with the uh, the rental property scam. You give them your security deposit, and then they're gone. Uh, now, if they were to take it a step further, you could pretty easily fake a title company, like just put a website together mm-hmm. and emails and basically spoof all of this stuff and the phone calls and that kind of thing. Uh, the other thing that happens quite a bit is wire fraud. So let's say that you're in a legitimate real estate transaction and you know when you go you know a few days before closing, the title company sends out wire wiring instructions. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people will spoof those emails and they'll send you fake wiring instructions. So that's another thing. We always tell people, hey, call the title company Mm -hmm. and verify all of this information before you actually go wire the money. Because yeah, yeah, the last thing you want to do is get a spoofed email, wire it to the wrong people. I was going to say, that's actually such a large problem that I don't think there's been a single title company we've worked with that hasn't sent out some kind of flyer that says, hey, be aware of wire fraud. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's a requirement or if it's just so bad they're like, we need to stop this. Yeah. It happened to a buddy of mine. He was, uh, he became, became a real estate agent. Uh, <laughs> Ironically. Yeah. Yeah. And he, <clears throat> he was doing his first deal for his aunt. Mm-hmm. And this happened and his aunt wired the money. Ooh. And luckily, they caught it fast enough to stop the wire. Oh, thank God. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was like his one transaction. It just like psh, went bad. It's crazy how often scams work. Like that one, mm-hmm. I get it. That one's like a legit scam. If you're just not paying attention, it'll get you. Yeah. But there are some scams that are just so like in your face, like this smells like yeah. what it is. Oh, that yeah, yeah. It, it scares me when people actually fall for that stuff. Like I had a, a friend who was offered to sell a, um, or to, to buy a, a truck. He needed a truck for work. Mm-hmm. And they said, we need you to pay for it in Home Depot gift cards. 
no questions asked, this man goes to Home Depot and buys like <laughs> 400 of these things. He gets back, and I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, he didn't end up spending all the money. Yeah. It was still on Home Depot gift cards, mind you, but yeah, yeah he – he didn't give them to him at least jeez yeah the other like the other thing too is like make sure the title company is legit mm -hmm. and uh, and use the title company like you don't have to use the title company if you don't use the title company you're dumb yeah. like there's so many things they do that just well yeah you're either dumb or really smart because you know how everything works yeah, and you're, you're either dumb or a lawyer to, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> uh <clears throat> but yeah, use the title company. Make sure they're real. And one of the one of the easiest ways to do this is like, let's say that uh, a scammer is spoofing a title company, mm -hmm. uh, then basically just call the title company from your phone because yeah. they can, you know, do the spoofing and call from whatever real number that they have. Yeah, do whatever's listed like. on Google. Yeah, so yeah, definitely call them. Don't just have the call come to you. And then. Uh, what was the last one? Did, did I hit all four? Wiring instructions, somebody oh, else's house. I will say just a quality of life thing. Don't call the number that's in the email they send you either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously. like title company, and then yeah. they give you a phone number. You'd be surprised how many – I mean, I do it too. I'll just look at what the email signature says the, and give them a call. The call button, yeah. But when it's like whenever that, whenever there's money involved, I'm calling what's on Google. Yeah. <laughs> so those are like – yeah, those are like the biggest scams that are out there for buyers. So if that's, if that's you, if you're looking into this – yeah, biggest thing. If if your gut tells you it's too good to be true, mm -hmm. probably is. There's a reason. Yeah, there's a reason realtors exist. <laughs> so. Right, man. It sounds like man. I would hate to get screwed over like that. But I'll tell you who's about to get screwed over, mm. and it's actually our school district. Oh, yeah. And no not surprise there. Not necessarily in a bad way either. Oh, okay. It could be. I mean, it may be bad for the school district, but it may be to everyone else's benefit. We're going to have to see how it pans out. Okay. But we've talked about this actually before. We're talking about um, Fort Worth? Yes, okay. specifically Fort Worth. Okay. Um, well, more than just Fort Worth, but I feel like for Fort uh, Worth, it's going to be very – I know where we're going with this. Yeah, it's going to be very relevant. I heard about some legislation. Is mm -hmm. that where we're going? Okay. It is. So uh, we've, we talked about this last year because Abbott's been really making a push for this, mm -hmm. and he's doing it again. So – it's it's become an annual thing at this point. He's pushing for um, not necessarily education reform, but like a workaround f until that gets taken care of. Yeah. So what he's proposing, once again, is called an ESA. It's a, a education savings account. And what this is, is basically they take a chunk of public school funding and give it to families in the school in the school district who would rather go spend it elsewhere sure so for like a charter school or yeah a private school charter school online you school. know homeschooling yeah. whatever mm -hmm. um and he it, the number that is being proposed is eight thousand dollars per family is what it looked like in the article uh but it's been a tough uphill battle so last year it didn't have like any support this year it has just about as little from both democrats and republicans um because I thought we already had a bill that allows you to do that. Like if you if you elect to go to a charter school, not at a state level. We may hear it like locally, like yeah. maybe it's a Tarrant County thing or oh. a city thing. But Texas doesn't have anything set in place to really take public school funding and divert it to private schools. So, uh, yeah, but charters, charters. We can. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe we can divert it to charters, but not all the other things. Do you think that's possibly it? I'm, there's so many education programs and stuff. Yeah. I guarantee there's something because I was thinking that's why all these charter schools have popped up, be mm -hmm. because if you just move your kid over, they get the funding from the state. I don't know if you have to make up the difference. 
But if you go to private school, that's all coming out of pocket. Yeah. Well, so if um, you're going, so from what I understand, if you're still going to a charter school, you're still paying the um, the school district. I don't think they get the full amount for what was paid in from you necessarily. I don't think okay. it's like proportional. So we're, uh, as this would be more of an assistance to the family, it would go yeah. directly to them. Okay. So and um, what they're what they're hoping to do is like like you said, give more money for um, people who want alternate form of education sure. because. Fort Worth ISD as a whole, not great. Yeah. It's it's about on par with the U.S. average, and considering how crappy some of the schools are in the U.S., I'm not exactly saying that that should be typical. Yeah. Uh, but basically, it's, um, it's going to be a big slap in the face to these huge school districts because they're going to be losing people by the thousands, honestly, if this happens. So, because, like, as as organizations like a, a school district or whatever get larger and larger the administrative cost gets larger and larger yeah. and the actual effectiveness of that cost gets smaller and smaller and things like dallas isd or or um you know fort worth isd these these massive powerhouses are reaching that upper limit and we're starting to feel the divide between like because we we have good schools like tanglewood mm-hmm. and arlington heights but we sure. also have really bad schools like the daggets yeah and we <laughs> talked about this i don't know a few months ago but basically uh, fort worth has cut a bunch of employees mm-hmm. and it's because the the kids are leaving right yeah yeah so, so and so, I think the knee-jerk reaction from a lot of these legislators is that, hey, you're taking money away from a problem we're trying to solve, mm. but we're not solving it. We're just right. expanding more of the issue. Exactly. This money is going to new schools that are not going to meet the standard in a few years. Like yeah. they get that that initial push whenever they have a ton of money because they're developing, and then after it trickles out, and they're just dealing with what they have coming in. It's gonna fall to the wayside because they're not actually addressing the issue and abbott's i'm sure like well you have had decades to fix this, right so. <laughs> so anyway he's been making a huge push for this and other states actually have stuff like this as well i think yeah. there's like 12 other states or whatever that have everything from like scholarship tax credits to um to vouchers to esas just like this and arizona actually allows people to use it for more than just their tuition so you can use it for like tutoring books supplies what have you hmm. Um, so it's not just going to be a way for because like I mean school supplies are expensive. You add mm-hmm. school in front of anything and color it some primary color and it's like three times the cost yeah. of what a normal one is. It's like buying a boat part. Yeah, <laughs> more expensive for no reason. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> so I, I know there's like because one of the biggest holdouts is uh, smaller school districts, obviously, because if say you only have a hundred students and you're out in the middle of like past Godly or something like that in Central yeah. Texas, this could be just devastating for the schools or the district, Mm. but they've already baked this in. They're trying to put together a hold harmless clause for anything less than 20,000 students in a school district. So that way somebody who may be developing a Uh. school district or something like that has the opportunity to actually set their systems in place and prove themselves instead of just being wiped out by Because this, it it sounds like this may be more of a problem for like more densely populated areas. Yeah, and that's what we're that's seeing. Because a lot of the school districts around Fort Worth, like Saginaw, Eagle Mountain, uh, like Alito, all these smaller school districts that just kind of pocket around Fort Worth, yeah. they're great. Like people yeah. are going out of their way to move. Uh, like there's a couple of uh, subdivisions that are right on the line of Alito and Fort Worth, and people would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars more for their house as long as it was on the side of the neighborhood that sure. was in Alito ISD. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, the other thing, man, I played uh, played golf this past week uh, mm-hmm. with a guy named Josh uh, Josh Horton. Shout out, what up? Uh, my buddy introduced me to him. Anyways, we got to talking, and uh, 
you know, there's like, came up with a couple things and I added one to this list, but, um, there's like stuff that's not taught in schools. So like you talk about, you know, there needing to be reform or whatever, or I guess maybe even reimagination of what school is. Like, uh, one thing we talked about was money. Nobody teaches money. We're in a capitalist society. Like, right. That's something I've always had an issue with. Um, and then the other one is like emotions. Like, hmm. um, that's interesting. Yeah. I never really thought of it until he brought it up. And, but basically like I, I was great at math. Yeah. Cause you give me a math problem and yeah. it's, it's definitive. It's right yes. or it's wrong. And then you get to emotions and it's like, well, I don't know what the equations are for these emotions. <laughs> so I don't know what to do with them. It's right? like you just constantly get scolded. Yeah. And those are two things that you basically both learn from your, uh, your parents and there's a there's a uh, there's a great book called uh, How to Raise Successful People. Yeah, and I read this and I it, it kind of explains like you know how you're raised and how that affects you and why adults are the way they are because they like there was a gap or whatever. Yeah, so many times reading that book, I was like, oh, that makes <laughs> sense. That makes sense now. Yeah, and uh, so anyways, that's not taught. And then the other one I think is storytelling. This is something that we've been talking about a lot with our YouTube channel and everything else, yeah. but. I mean, stories is really what makes the world go round. I mean, that's yeah, it takes it takes banal information and makes it very interesting. Yes, I mean, when you get together with people, mm -hmm. you know, everybody wants. If there's a, you probably know a great storyteller in your realm of friends, and you're always you always like when they're in the group, right? right? Because yeah. there's always a good story that comes out of it, or this or that. And it's you know, I mean, it the whole movies, content creation, all of that, everything is moved by stories, right? politics government yeah politics, it's, how, so. it's how you commute communicate information effectively mm -hmm. yeah so anyways that was my tangent off of your story there no you're good <laughs> I, I i think it's great because honestly i feel like i suck at telling stories because i'm such a direct person whenever it comes down to it it's like oh i have to tell you something i just get right to the good part like this is what you need to know and then they're like okay and i was like that was not the reaction I was expecting. <laughs> well, it probably beats the alternative where, where it's like I'm just regurgitating every single event that lit up oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, those people where it's like just too much fat on the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's God. like I did not need to know that your Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your stepsister was there or, yeah. you know, what you were wearing that day. It, has, it doesn't apply to the. Yeah, but I mean, okay, well, so I'm sorry, backtracking a bit because we got mm -hmm. a little sidetracked there. The They are currently in a special session right now. It could last up to 30 days before they make a decision on the ESA situation. So we may end up finding out about that here mm. in the next month or so. Okay. Uh, and hopefully maybe one of those stipulations will be a storytelling class. Okay. Well, how about that? We'll, we'll see. Hopefully. Hopefully something good comes of it. <laughs> um, another change that is, I guess, now coming that – may or may not affect things is realtor commission so mm. let me take it down okay. another path here so just imagine for a second that you're a real estate agent those of you guys listening we don't have to imagine it mm -hmm. if you are a realtor, living the dream yeah if you're, if you're a realtor <laughs> and you listen to this you're probably like ah, oh, you're probably like naming people in your head just like oh yeah that deal um but let's just imagine for a second you get some clients they're looking for in this market let's say a three hundred thousand dollar house right so okay um and 300000 is a little bit more competitive. So, you know, you got to imagine you're spending a couple of your weeknights, probably the weekends, going around showing properties. Let's say that, you know, after two weeks of showing, they're like, hey, let's put an offer in. And so you put the offer in, you know, take the time, you write it up, mm -hmm. put it in, you talk to the real estate agent, you're doing all this kind of stuff. And they miss out on it because it was a really nice house and it was underpriced and they didn't quite listen to you. Right. This happens all the time, right? But it's like 
so many times where it's like we tell buyers, hey, this is what the market's doing, whatever. Uh, yeah, we're not comfortable, and then they miss out, and they're like, ah, I guess yeah. he knew what he was talking about. What's even worse is whenever you get it wrong one time, yeah, <laughs> they will never yeah. listen to you again. Yeah. So that happens, you're like, ah, oh, bummer. So you know they're down in the dumps, and you're like, hey guys, mm-hmm. hang in there. There'll be another one. So you spend the next two weeks going out there. And you finally find another house. They're like, this is the one. You put it under contract. Now you're working on getting you know, their earnest money in. You're talking to the agent. You're setting up inspections. And you get to the end of inspections, and there's a broken sewer pipe under the house. And nobody mm. can agree who's going to pay for it, right? Right. So the deal falls through, and you're back to square one. And so you're searching again to find another house, right? Another couple weeks go by where you're spending all your nights, your weekends, all that kind of stuff showing houses. A lot of time, a lot of money. Uh Uh-huh. And gas money, all that kind of stuff. And finally, there's another house. It's perfect. It's, you know, they don't have any other offers on it. And you're putting the offer together for them, and you get down to the bottom, and it says, Realtor Commission, $0. So you're like, crap. That's going to be a tough conversation. Yeah. I'm not going to get paid unless the buyers pay my fee. Mm-hmm. So now you have to call your buyers and say, hey, look, I know we're stretching it on this house, but here's the deal. You know, They're not willing to share their commission, and so therefore, for me to get paid, you guys are going to have to pay it, right? So you're going to have to come up with more money. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the thing that could be happening soon. Um, and that was a long story, just the tell you about a lawsuit that's going on. Um, But this is something that may or may not affect our industry. So there's been a big lawsuit going on, Sitzer and Burnett. It's a class action lawsuit against the National Association of Realtors, uh, Remax, Keller Williams, Anywhere, a few other firms. And it's like a $4 billion suit. Wow. Yeah. And basically, they are... They their argument is that commission sharing. So when you sell a property, typically you go on a listing appointment and we charge six percent. And of that six percent, we pay half of it to another brokerage if they bring us a buyer. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you know somebody else brings a buyer, which is usually what happens, then they make three percent. We'll make three percent. That's you know how it works. Um, so anyways, they are arguing that commission sharing inflates costs for the consumer, and that's in violation of the Sherman Antitrust Act, which is interesting mm. kind of to think about, right? So the Antitrust Act was basically to prevent somebody from taking right. over an industry, right? And so, number one, I don't know how you apply this to firms when they are there's so many different brokerages out there. Yeah, I think I think what they're doing right now is probably the best way of going about it. Just hit the the big ones, and then the smaller ones are going to follow suit. Because if you know the giants can fall, what does it mean for the small guys? Yeah, yeah, and so so yeah. So one, I don't I don't really understand the merits of the case. I'm not an attorney, um, but what has happened this past week? The National Association of Realtors came out and said, you know what? We're going to change because they had they basically had a a law not a law what do you call it rule mm-hmm. I guess that you had to share your commission in residential real estate oh it, which I thought was from I the beginning I always thought was odd I didn't know that was a law yeah or a rule I guess 
I don't know. I don't. I figured. Know. I figured because it was baked into the contract that that's uh-huh. just because at the very bottom of the what the tenth page of the contract mm-hmm. in residential one to four it says like you know listing brokerage will pay buyers brokerage like X percent yeah. whatever it, yeah. some it could be a flat like fee yeah and so yeah which I always thought was odd because I was like you know what if like if you're representing the seller and mm-hmm. you're doing all this stuff, then the buyer should pay the buyer agent. Like, and just like thinking through right. a normal transaction, that's what I would think, but that's not how it's always been. The And so this is the, okay, so this is the stupid thing about it. So up until this past week, you could have the amount that you were sharing be as little as a penny, <laughs> one cent, right? So it's like this tiny little change. They're like, uh, let's just go ahead and change it to zero dollars. What's the difference between zero dollars and penny? Really nothing. Right. Um, so yeah. So anyways, they made this change, which is really interesting because this is like just before the suit's about to go to trial, mm-hmm. which Remax has already settled. Uh, well, they have settlement papers. I don't think it's official, but they're settling for like fifty-five million anywhere, which I didn't even hear. I, I same. I, I hadn't seen heard this of this anywhere. brokerage. Was eighty-five million. So like already th- these companies are shelling out millions of dollars for a lawsuit I really don't understand or like I don't even think it's that big of a deal because at the end of the day you know this and this is something we we've run into before because it's mm-hmm. it's not the first time like a lot of times people uh, agents will put lower commissions on there everything's negotiable in real estate right so like mm-hmm. you can negotiate I've had buyers you know when we were paying 3% they would say hey we'll pay our agent's commission you know yeah. we'll pay for that like like every, that's a big leverage everything's point. negotiable yeah so even if even if like it was zero dollars on the listing or whatever then i mean it's just more honestly it's just more work for the agent more negotiation because now you have to negotiate with everybody yeah and then also as an agent you should also prep your buyers and say hey look you're signing this rep agreement this is what it says in there but this is how it typically works but just be aware if we run into this one-off situation right you guys may be responsible to pay me or but we'll have a conversation about it you know so well i mean so for people who don't know like the board of realtors is actually boarded by 50 almost 50 percent lawyers Mm. so like they they wrote this knowing what they were doing it wasn't like it was just throw it at the wall so see what's stuck yeah but i have a feeling that they wrote it the way they did because whenever you're selling a house you have an asset that you can liquidate to be able to to pay the listing uh agent and thus the buyer's agent sure. whenever you're buying a house you may not necessarily have that and everything that we do in america is to like incentivize home ownership right ultimately because that makes at least in texas that makes the government a ton of money it makes the economy go around really it does as well yeah so to put that burden on the buyers especially right now whenever yeah. buyers are already hurting as bad as they are yeah that is going to cripple an economy yeah, just think about the amount. Like, if you had to come up with an extra three percent to buy a house, like, right? How... You're buying what a three hundred thousand dollar house. That's nine grand on top of whatever closing costs. Some people they right. spend like their whole lives just scraping together thirty, forty, fifty grand. Yeah. So I mean, that's like that. Your buyer pool would drastically shrink, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's. I mean. Yeah, it's interesting. I yeah. don't. I don't think anything's going to change because of this. I don't think so either. I think it's more well, just the. I, I think it's more just the fact that they don't have the option to put zero that yeah. made them. And, and I know they did that as like a protective thing. So that way people wouldn't get screwed. But we're on we're on the rails now. I feel like we. Yeah, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. Yeah. But it'd be interesting to see if uh, I, I don't know if everybody in the suit's going to settle or if it'll actually go to trial. It'd be interesting to this, see. This is going to be really the interesting. Arguments, yeah. I'm surprised I haven't seen any headlines or anything about that. 
I mean, I realize it's you a very to read niche that magazine issue. that comes to you every month. That goes straight into landfill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even think it gets delivered like to my address anymore. That's right. It's I, like at an old address. It's okay, I read it and I tell you. I'll tell you anything interesting like this. That's, I appreciate you yeah. for that. <laughs> but one interesting thing I found on my own was uh, the son of the co-founder of Bucky's was arrested. Mm. And the beloved Bucky's. Yeah, you know. Um, the Beaver or the gas station, yeah, yeah. for anyone who doesn't know, maybe our Illinois listener or Iowa, some, one of the I states. Illinois. It was Illinois? Yeah. Okay. For our Illinois listener out there, Bucky's is a really nice gas station. And I can't do it justice by telling you that, <laughs> but you just got to Google it. Trust Imagine, me. Imagine, uh, oh, I don't know if they have quick trips up there. It's bigger than like most supermarkets. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, but it's efficient like a quick trip. It's yeah. like a, a tiny target i don't want to say walmart no, it's like the yeah. target of gas stations yeah basically it's yes. like it's like the target of gas station on steroids and mm -hmm. they're really proud of their bathrooms oh that's the best part yeah because like they're there's super like clean of them. yeah there's like uh, there's like a hundred stalls they're yeah. all super clean they're really nice they've got showers at some of them with like the truck stops and stuff like that and like everyone people go out of their ways for these mm -hmm. things um but Maybe not so much anymore, <laughs> because the son of the co-founder was, like I said, arrested. Um, son of the co-founder. The son of the okay, one okay. of the co-founders, um, Mitchell Wasik or Wasik, however you say okay. his last name. He's Wozniak. actually yeah. Woz is, this is this related to the Apple guy? No, I don't okay, think so. Okay. I don't. Different. Tim Apple. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I don't know his name. <laughs> the guy who replaced jo uh, Steve Jobs. Oh, okay. No, I don't know either. I, I just call him Mr. Apple. I don't know his name. He looks like a he looks like a clone. Okay. Some yeah. old guy in a turtleneck. Anyway, <laughs> so Mitchell Wasik, uh, he is an SMU law student, 28 okay. years old. And it, I, I think it's ironic that a law student ends up getting arrested for something like this. But he was charged with 28 felony counts of invasive visual recording mm. because he was recording people in bathrooms. Mm. So far, it's not tied to Bucky's in any way. So okay. they have not found anything that says that he's been recording in Bucky's bathrooms. Yeah yet but there is an ongoing investigation because they found that between dallas and austin and even the location in colorado there was over half a dozen uh, like a network of hidden cameras that he was using to record people at short-term rental locations so we've seen stuff like this before where people will you know set up a, a short-term rental for less than savory reasons mm -hmm. and or maybe they just think maybe i'll make an extra buck doing this but they'll set up hidden cameras and stuff like that and record people who are staying there well he had the misfortune i guess or we had the fortune that one of the guests staying at his family's dallas lake house was actually a cybersecurities employee Ooh. and was yeah and He's like let me just see what's on the router basically but what he did was he found that a charge there was a, a straight charging block like for a, a charging cable like mm -hmm. the little power block was in one of the guest bedroom or in the guest bathrooms and him being the savvy dude checks it out finds out there's a sim card inside there's a camera and he takes a sim card out and he plugs it into his computer which i don't know if, was, if, if that was a smart idea yeah i wouldn't i would yeah. take it to the police but he watched it i would first. be curious to see what was on there like, i would too but i'd like you am know, i on here i would yeah. put it on like a burner computer that thing would not be connected to the internet <laughs> it would be locked down. i would watch like <laughs> the first file that should be me yeah and be like if it is okay and then boom well yeah. the um he he checked it out and whenever he looks at it there's actually recordings 
of not just him, but 12 other individuals. Mm. There's like 60, almost 70 files on this thing of people changing, having sex, using the bathroom, showering, just living in these apart in these these buildings. Dang. It, well, in this one specifically, and he's yeah. like, "Yeah, no, this is no good." So he yeah. takes it to Dallas PD, and obviously, it all blows up, especially with such a high-profile guy like yeah. this. Yeah. Uh, but like. Stuff like this happens a lot. Uh, like oddly enough, they, they, I think we did a story last year or maybe the year before where there was like an Airbnb owner who was doing it at one location. Mm. I think the fact that this was so prolific across so many was a little crazy. But for people who don't know, you can find cameras pretty easily with just your phone because your phone is able to see infrared in the camera. And oh. it shows up as almost white light, like a pinkish white light. Yeah. on your camera so if you have a night vision camera that uses ir to illuminate a an area like most this works like on, the, does. like on the iphone mm -hmm. yeah you oh. just use your you use i believe the back cam i don't know if the front cam can do it but the back cam usually can you hmm. just point it at something that you think may or may not be a camera and if there's no light whenever you look at it but a light whenever you don't there's some kind of ir source and that should be a red flag mm. Good um, to know. Yeah. Remotes will do it, too. If you point a remote at your camera, you'll be able to see it flash whenever you push the buttons. Huh. Yeah. I'm going to go try that one. Yeah. Home. yeah. <laughs> Next, I do that. I do that at, like, Airbnbs and stuff. Smoke detectors are a big one. Any huh. sort of, like, anything that's just plugged into an outlet. So charging blocks are a really big one. Yeah. Um, timers, alarm <laughs> clocks, anything that might be in a place where it's not supposed to. Like, if yeah. something's in a bathroom that shouldn't be in a bathroom, that should also be a red but flag. But, yeah, but what an idiot. Like, if you're going to, like, first of all, why put the charging block in the bathroom? Like, that is just so, so you, obvious. I mean, I feel like the if I was going to do it, it's so like they, they looked up this guy's search history. He bought like tons of these things like body cams, spy cams, all sorts of like hidden cameras just on Amazon under so his weird. own account. Like yeah. it was about as cut and dry as it gets. They're Jeez. like, this guy. Hmm? Yep. That tracks. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy prison, buddy. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be there for a minute. <laughs> wow. Cool. Well, I think that's all we got for you today. At least it wasn't a total downer on this last one. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it was weird, but yeah, yeah. nobody died. Okay, that's good. Well, <laughs> thanks for tuning in. And as always, if you're looking to buy or sell, remember to keep calm. Call Tom.